Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, welcome to our Seinfeld program. Um, as always, we got Laura with us. Laura, you're at the office today. How, how's things Damn. going? Good, good. It's a little warm in here. I don't think they have the air conditioner fully operational because there's hardly anybody in the building. I think I've seen yes. five people today. <laughs> yes, life in office after COVID. I yeah, it's- thankfully I haven't gotten to go there yet, but <laughs> I'm sure I'll have to go sometime. Yeah, yeah. It's it's okay. I mean, honestly, the best part of it right now is that it's pretty quiet here. It's yeah, you don't you don't have to wear a mask. I mean, it's no, no, that's over now. Get vaccinated out there if if you're listening to this and we're still in COVID. Go go get vaccinated. Make makes your life a lot better, a lot simpler. Make makes it easier. So, man, maybe we'll get a sponsorship from Fauci or something. It should be good. <laughs> so, all right. Well, hey, this week we are talking about Seinfeld, the maid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like the episode. Uh, the very Seinfeld Ian. It was pretty good. Uh, let's just go over some of the plot points and we can kind of comment. Uh, we were talking last week. I mean, sometimes we divert. I mean, we weren't really into last week's show. We spent like probably 70% of the time talking about other stuff, which is fine. I mean, the assumption Seinfeld's 30 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what Seinfeld's about. And we're just giving you our take on it. But. Um, you know, I thought this was interesting. Some definite moral decisions were made in this episode. Um, it starts out with Jerry. He hires a maid, Cindy, and he starts sleeping with her. And, you know, one visit, Cindy leaves. She doesn't get around to any work, but she still wants the money he left for her. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, if you're sleeping with your maid... Even if she does work for half the time and you do the other thing for the other half the time, I would feel weird paying for her. I thought that was a weird move by Jerry either way. Yeah. And, you know, she took a nap during the time, too. Yes. <laughs> she yes. wasn't really just sleeping with the maid. She was sleeping with on Jerry, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, yeah, I know sometimes people engage in a relationship with their boss and everything else, but, you know, that's, it's one thing, I guess, if you're in an office and they pay you by direct deposit and you don't see the money, but when Jerry's actually putting cash on the table and she takes the cash and goes out, I mean, well, come on, Jerry, what are you thinking there, you know? Yeah, that was, yeah, and he does it several times, too, you know? And the best is like at the end where his apartment is just trashed and everybody knows how neat Jerry is and neat and clean, you know? Yeah. The pit. It's hard to believe Jerry lives like that. I mean, would you have, I would almost say if, if you're starting a relationship, just talk to them and say, you know, look, 
hey, I'm good with this relationship. Let's start doing, you know, let's go forward. But, you know, let me find a new maid. Or, you know, I got a buddy who needs a maid. Can you be their maid and then we can date around or something? Yeah. I, I don't know. I was very anti-Jerry in this episode. Jerry should have set the parameters up earlier. You know, you know the thing about Jerry in a lot of the episodes is Jerry's not the greatest guy, you know, he's, you know, he's not always, he's not always a good guy. You know, he doesn't, his regard for, for others is not always that high. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. And that's what makes the show the show. But I mean, even if you, you know, Jerry's keep on going with this, it was just, it was very strange. And, you know, you know, Cindy's boss, Maxwell, gets involved. Um, he says, hey, you got to pay her. And I'm going to publicly expose you for your weird cleaning requests. And, you know, and Jerry finally agrees to pay her. But I don't know. Jerry could avoid the whole problem. If he wants to date the girl, don't use her as a maid anymore. And, you know, if she comes right back and says, hey, I can't do that. I want to do both. Then, you know, the girl's not in it for right reasons. Right. I don't know. Just. Yeah. And least valuable player in this episode was Jerry yeah. by far. <laughs> it was tough. I, you know, I'm all in on George. You know, oh, George yeah. is at work and he orders a T-bone steak. And he talks about how much he likes T-bones. And you know what? He gets a nickname of T-bone. I, I'm down with that. What, what do you think about George in this episode? Poor George. He just wants to be loved and revered. Um, <clears throat> I love Kruger. Yeah. Mr. Kruger. He's just so hapless. I wrote down on my notes, Mr. Kruger, why? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, he doesn't care about his company. He doesn't care about anything that goes on. He, you know, doesn't care if anybody does anything. He doesn't do anything. Remember the one episode where he's, uh, George is his supervisor for a project and he doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, so well, and I wonder that too because I've worked, <coughs> I've worked for, for some what do you call it like startup companies where they don't have a firm. You know, you know they're still trying to find their way and everything. Mm -hmm. I've worked with, with some people who are like that, and mm -hmm. honestly, I got smart and left those opportunities because of that. And you know, we always go round and round about our work, and you know, you always like to criticize and everything. But yeah, I don't, haven't had that many bosses like Kruger. You gotta run away from Kruger when you get him. Yeah, yeah, he's he's bad news. Um, now I'm trying to think. Kruger was the guy with the skin cancer, right? I think the, so. Skin, the picture that he yes, read. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, because he was. I mean, Kruger's not a nice guy either. I mean, everybody on the show is not necessarily a nice guy, right? right. Um, but. Um, George, you know, you can't just make a nickname happen. You know, you can't just declare yourself having a nickname, you know, unless you're like Michael and you want to be Mike, which is a nickname, you know? Right. <laughs> and George just is just desperate for a nickname. So he, I mean, just wanting to be cool, I guess, you know? And Jerry, the best, you know, is Jerry um, at the restaurant. And he's like, is this the nickname talk or the whatever it was? I can't remember. But, I mean, even George, I mean, even Jerry knows ad nauseum he wants a nickname, you know. 
and you know poor George gets a bunch of nicknames that he doesn't like and that you know are not necessarily complimentary and <laughs> what was it ooh, ooh? yeah monkey well, or whatever well Coco right Coco that's right yeah. yes Coco, Coco, the, Coco the monkey Coco yeah. the monkey well in I kind of wanted to. I'm wondering how old George was on the show because I know young me. You know, we worked together when I it was like my second job out of college, and you get worried. I mean, you're young, you want to get along with your coworkers, and you know, I, I got worried about that. And maybe it's because I work from home now, but I'm good with yeah. You got to make conversation, you got to develop relationships. But I'm good with just doing my work and getting out of there. And it seems like George wasn't like that. George. You know, it wasn't just about the quality of George's work, you know. He, he wanted a cool nickname. He wanted to buy you around. And everything. It was never about the, the quality of, of his work. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, George's thing, he just wanted to be loved. You know, he wanted yes. to be loved, you know. Everything with George was status and achievement. And, you know, there was never, there was never any realization that work was what was going to get him to those things. And I love the fact where... You know, somebody copies George. Maybe it wasn't even to get the nickname, but it's probably because the other guy liked T-Bone Steaks, too. <laughs> and, you know, George is arguing with the guy. I want my nickname back. And, you know, like you said, nicknames just happen. It's not yeah. like, oh, Lori got a cool nickname. Give it to me. You know what I mean? It just happens. Yeah. And, you, you know, there's a situation at work right now. We uh, tease. There's one of the others that, you know, Lori and I work with who lives in a nice area. He gets a lot of flack for it. And, <laughs> There was a private conversation where he wasn't upset about it, but he was just like, oh, I can't believe anybody's talked to me. I'm like, look, that means you like you. You know, better yeah. off having a nickname or people teasing you about something. And, you know, George approaches it from the wrong perspective. I mean, George isn't upset to give him a T-bone. He wants that nickname, and he starts freaking out when they don't give him a nickname. So he, he goes from having a kind of a cool nickname to, you know, they call him Coco the Monkey because he's – has a banana, he's going crazy, he's crying, yeah. yelling, yeah, rolling around. Like yeah. The the way a nickname would happen, you know, right. something you did, and there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kind of like the the jersey with the OO on the back. Yeah. He I said it's not cool. OO, it's oo. Yes. As in oo uh-uh. <laughs> that was pretty clever, I thought. Um, I just, I don't know, George, George is like my, one of my least favorites on this show in general. Um, and it's simply because, you know, he's always so agitated. He's always so behind, you know, and does nothing to help himself, you know? So. Well, here's the other thing too. You, you think about hiring and, you know, we've been in business long enough where, yeah, it's not just hiring the best person. Sometimes there's a reason behind it. Maybe there's an attribute or trait that you had that really stood out that, you know, somebody may say, wow, Laura's good at project management, so I'm going to hire her just for that reason alone and kind of overlook some of the other things you do. Um, George, he's trying to rectify this problem because he doesn't want to be Coco. So he hires a woman named Coco as vice <laughs> president of accusations. Oh, not acquisitions. Acquisitions, acquisitions yeah. would be different. Uh, but, <laughs> man, can you imagine that? I mean, yeah, you talk about, obviously, you don't want to hire people based on skin color or orientation or whatever else the case might be. Mm -hmm. But to hire someone based on their name, 
I mean, maybe that's not a violation of of your rights, but uh, how bizarre is that? And the best part is George hiring somebody, you know, like who, how did you achieve status enough to be able to hire an employee at a company? Well, I mean, it is Kruger. So, you know, they probably do that all the time and she doesn't stand for crap. You know, she joins, she joins right in on the, on the fun with George. Actually, smaller companies, I think they try to get away with that more than they let on. I, no names, please, because I'm going to get in trouble. But I have a friend that was concerned about opening his company. And he, he was telling me he had a conversation about it. You know, he was worried. And next thing I see a job ad where you're sending emails to him. You know, and he's not in management level. So hmm. it, it happens more than anything else. But I'm hoping if my friend has a nickname that he's not hiring someone just so he can take his name back, you know, that'd be weird. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Very, very strange. And then, so George is happy. He's back to being George. But then at the meeting, um, Coco mentions her Gammy and Kruger says, Hey, George's new name is Gammy, <laughs> which man, much rather be T-Bone, much rather be Coco than Gammy, right? Yeah, yeah. Although, at least the, like to go with Jerry's argument, at least there's a G. Yes. <laughs> yes, very true. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't remember. Why did Kruger give George the name Gammy after that? That's well, because he said something. I think George teased her. About oh, okay. that, that it was that she called her that or something. Um, I don't know. He just and then he heard it and it was George and it was funny and so Kruger just went into George being gammy. Yeah, it's funny looking at Kruger over the history of the series. You're right. What a terrible boss! He doesn't give a crap <laughs> about his company. You know, we talk about some meetings that we're in. Hey, did he use it for the best purposes or best time? I you know, there, there's some kidding around in the meetings, but. It sounds like Kruger's doing more name assigning than running the company. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and can you imagine a meeting that we're at where they spend more time saying, all right, you're not going to be called this guy or, or that <laughs> name. Yeah. Oh, man. See, it's good. Whenever you're having a tough day at work, watch this episode, and you'll say, hey, at least my boss isn't Kruger. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Remember the Christmas episode? Kruger, just, Kruger talks about their – Something about their their earnings, and if you saw her earnings, oh, you know. yeah, <laughs> like you really just didn't care. You yes. Know? <laughs> so, George has some really bad bosses. Yes. Show, you know, and does nothing to help them be better. You know, the yeah. one guy, the guy from WKRP, yeah. <laughs> the boss yeah. hires him because he thinks he's handicapped and it makes him look good. Um. Then he's got the guy that's from the early days of the ep- of the show, where George, you know, uh, poisons him. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just a series of bad bosses. I was going to say too, and we've talked about this on previous episodes. Either Jerry is being a great guy and, you know, kind of tipping his hat to his co-stars and saying hey, you take on the more interesting character arcs this episode, or Jerry's a horrible actor, 
that thinks this, you know, his plot points are great and they're wonderful. But man, you know, I compare Jerry's story with the maid that he's sleeping with, never has a conversation with. I compare that to the T-bone part of the story, and we're gonna talk about Kramer and Elaine. Boy, Jerry got the short end of the stick. Yeah. Do you think Jerry was selling this going, man, my arc of the maid's gonna be fantastic? Or do you think Jerry was like, hey, I'll take on the kind of the smaller story arc and I'll give you guys the better ones? I think Jerry there, I mean, Jerry's there for jokes, you know? Yeah. He's not there for, he's not there. To, I don't think Jerry ever really carries the show, you know? Right. I mean, the episodes that I that I consider the best um, are not necessarily ones that he's the star of. Um, like the part, I mean, the parking garage would be an exception with his uromycetosis poisoning. Um, and like the Chinese restaurant is another one that I think is just awesome. Um, I would say Elaine and George carry that one. But the whole odd thing about it, and, and you know, we, we've read this in the past, um, you know, Larry David was gone by this point in the show, mm-hmm. but you know, you call the show the maid. And, you know, it yeah. goes along with the weakest story arc. I mean, you know, call it T-Bone or call it, you know, yeah. the phone number or something. Because, you know, we get into the Kramer Lane arc. And, man, I, I enjoyed that. That was good. Um, you know, uh, it's funny. You can tell it's a long time ago era when fax machines exci- is exciting to everybody. But, you know, Kramer's getting menus by fax with uh, Now We're Cooking. And... Yeah, Poor Elaine. Yeah. These are men I wrote down on my in my notes, you know, that was a pretty um that was a pretty topical thing for this yeah. show at the time. Oh, yeah. uh, menus in New York City are a huge issue. Yeah. Um have you ever been to New York City? Yes, yes. Okay. Well, what, when, what you walk, when you walk through the if you ever walk through the neighborhoods where the you know where residential areas are. Um, mm-hmm. there's always signs on the doors, like taped to the doors, no menus, no menus, no menus. Mm-hmm. Because people just get inundated with menus, you know, because everything in New York, I mean, everybody's apartments and places where they live are so small, you really can't crop, you know, have a huge amount of food in your house, so you always order out. And so menus are a huge thing. And then, you know, Kramer and his never knowing what he has and never knowing what anybody else has <laughs> um, just assumes Elaine has a fax machine. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and the best is when Elaine says, well, maybe you have a fax machine. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and she, she just can't take it anymore, you know, because of the screaming in her, in her ear. Um, my favorite part of that is when she screams in Kramer's ear, you know, the, uh, the, wee! yeah. <laughs> um, the, um, I have to admit, I was very happy. Um, when I worked at our previous job together in Willoughby, when, People in who lived in Cuyahoga County, the Cleveland, right outside of Cleveland, yeah. um, were able to get four four zero area codes. Yeah, um, because um, when you had a two one six area code, 
um, and you were calling from Lake County, it was a long distance call. Wait, no, that's not right. It was a long distance call from 216 to 440, but not the other way. So like for, um, for me to call my mom, it was free because my mom lived in 216. Yeah. And then I got my 440 so I could call either, you know, any direction, you know, oh, yeah. good. So, I mean, you feel for, you feel for the 646 person. <laughs> Elaine. Well, it was huge. And I mean, I didn't think about that much when I first got the job up in Willoughby. But my wife lived on the west side of Cleveland uh, but while we were still dating before we got married. And I lived in Stark County. So when my wife wasn't at college, every call we made. And, you know, we're getting more serious. We're talking on the phone for a longer time. It's all long-distance calls. And this is, what, 22 years ago. This was not long ago. And that's, so before, when, that's before cell phones became, yeah. um, you know, you could make your call at any time of day. Used to be, yeah. I mean... I, when I, my first cell phone, when I was working in Pittsburgh, um, I, it was, it was free after, Yeah, I think it was nine o'clock, you know, yeah. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, if you had, if people had to live that way now, you would not see as many cell phones. I don't think. Oh yeah. Because like right now, I mean, when I moved up to Willoughby, part of the, and yeah, I mean, the job was interesting and everything, but part of the allure of it was, I was at a place where I could call my wife at her house for free. Yeah. And, and you know, back then, that was a huge deal. So, you know, you look at the show today and you say, oh, my goodness, changing the area code. You know, now you can call whoever, whenever from your cell phone. But, yeah, that was a big, big freaking deal. And I thought it was funny because that was the problem back then. And, you know, people were – you know, he was trying to give her a number to somebody she wanted to date. She, he saw the area code and he ran off. And yep. maybe it was because it was a long distance call. I mean, you know, it seemed like it was. That was the only. Yeah. Thing. And and mm -hmm. you know, it sounds like right now it sounds silly to say ah, I'm going to date somebody because of that. But there was merit to it. I mean, it would have cost yeah. you money. You know. Oh. Yeah. You know, it the was, other thing with cell phones back then, back in those days, in the early days. Um, was when you, like, if you moved from, like, I, in my early days of having a cell phone, um, like, if you wanted to switch your plan or switch your carrier, you had, a, you had to have a new phone number. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you could lose your area code that way as well. Oh, yeah. If you went to a different carrier. You know, now you can take everything over. You can take your phone messages off your phone and load them onto your new phone under a new carrier. You know, it's it's whatever. It, it's the technology is so advanced now. You know, it's it was a strange. That was a strange world back then. You know, like yeah. I said, again, you know, it cell phones were not. I, I don't have like hard data to back this up, but. Cell phones in the era before free data, you know, on your plan, unlimited data, whatever you want to call it, um, and any time long distance were not really a thing. I mean, yeah. it was a thing, but not not what it is today, you know. Oh, yeah, much different, much different. I mean, now it's weird to walk from into another room without your phone. 
Yeah. Am I missing something? Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Oh yeah. And like back in the, I'm trying to think last week, one day, I think it was when I came, I, I don't know. I, I left the house without my phone and I remind myself every once in a while, you know, I lived, you know, 30 years before I had a phone. I was able to move from place to place without having a phone <laughs> and it was fine. <laughs> Well, now we're sounding like old people, but I mean, one other thing in terms of like messaging, I mean, I remember there was a time where I would work Tuesday through Saturday. We had no way. I mean, yeah, we all had our individual, I think it was Yahoo or whatever emails were at that time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, email somebody at work, you could not access it from outside work. Yeah. So, you know, I remember like I would work um, Tuesday for Saturday, Saturday night uh, near the end, I was putting together the Sunday front page. And if there was a problem, if there was an issue, if your bots didn't like something you did, you literally did not know, unless it was so egregious that they called you on Monday to yell at you about it. Right. You literally did not know any reaction from anything work-wise until mm -hmm. you came in and you checked your email. It was kind of a little tense at times. And, you know, it's strange how far we've gone. I mean, you know, I've got my cell phone here where any message going back and forth, you know, gets shared on there. So we've mm -hmm. gone from like almost being tense, not knowing everything to knowing too, too much. much. It's yeah. just, just crazy. You're crazy right. how things change. So yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm down with Elaine. Okay. Elaine had a hard time. She had to change her phone number. Uh, you know, trying to date someone that ran off when, you know, her phone number changed, you, you know, I'm buying into everything. So, you know, the neighbor dies, you know, Lane gets her old number back. Okay, that's good. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so okay for that. But the grandson of the old lady calls. Uh, he, he wants to talk to his grandma. And, you know, Elaine's trying to be nice. Elaine's trying to talk to him as grandma and everything. So she finally goes, kind of gets upset and says, hey, I'm dying and hangs up. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's a little too far. I'm a wooden endorse you doing that, but maybe getting back to Jerry, maybe Elaine should have just said, Hey, talk to your mom and dad. Something's going on here. You got the wrong number. You know what I mean? Elaine could solve the problem if Elaine just said, Hey, talk to your mom and dad. I got to go. Bye. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it sort of served her right, you know, in some ways. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> You know, she has no, like it, like with most things on this show, there's no middle ground. It's either your grandmother's dead or you're going to tell, you yeah. know, there's no middle ground, you know, um, it, I mean, like I said, it kind of served her right for, you know, being a pain in the ass about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean. It is what it is. Back then, she should have been used to, you know, trauma with that kind of technology stuff, you know. It's, well, uh, I mean, because every step you took, you had to do, you know, anytime you got a new, anytime, I, I remember, anytime I got a new phone, I had to tell people I got a new phone, you know. Oh, yeah. When I moved down here, you know, this is kind of too much TMI probably, but when I moved down to Canton, it's a different area code. It's a 330, yeah. the 440. And when I moved, I just said, I told my husband, I'm like, I am not changing my phone number because uh, my mom, my mom had dementia. And 
I don't know how much you anybody knows about people oh, yeah. who have dementia that um, they like leave notes for themselves all over the place. Yeah. So, I mean, as many times as I would have, like I took pieces of paper that had my um, Willoughby work phone number on it and tore them up and threw them out. She would still keep calling my old office, you know? Yeah. And so I figured if she actually wanted to get me on my cell phone, I was not going to try to figure out how to get all those notes. And I just kept my number the same. So now whenever I give my number to somebody, I'm like, yeah, I'm one of those people, <laughs> you know? It's well, I mean, that, joke. <laughs> that, I mean, that's our role. I mean, I, I saw some people that yeah. have my number. So I keep my 330. I mean, and it's funny. It's 2021. Yeah. You'd think everyone would be used to it by now. But I'm down in the area that's mostly 614, and geez, I get this thing guy. You know, why yeah. is your cell phone different? Yeah. Well, sorry, I don't have a home phone number. That's it. You know, just dial 330. Yeah. You're good. I, yeah. I mean, oh. I mean, I mean, honestly, though, I mean, in your phone number, in your phone, your like your cell phone, how many of the numbers that are in your cell phone do you actually know? Oh, none. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's frightening how well I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, my wife's yeah, but other than that, I don't know. Anything. I know my husband's. Um, like, I don't know my brothers. I don't know my sister-in-law, my nieces. You know, my my sister-in-law, sisters-in-law, my brother, on my husband's side, no clue if I had to reach him. I mean, my, my mom. I mean, you know, she lives at a place now, but we call her by cell phone. I've got to look up her number. I, I type in mom, so it comes up on my. Google so I can look her up. I don't know her number off the top of my head. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing I was thinking about with Elaine and the trouble she was having with the little kid. Um, you know, the other thing that was really terrifying, I used to get in trouble about this for my dad. You know, I've been talking to this girl at night and, you know, think back then, you know, for most lines, your line's busy. You couldn't go on the internet to look at stuff because mm -hmm. most people had to dial up and that was all there was back then. And, you know, if you're an adult in the house and, you know, as a pastor, you get, you know, you got to keep the phone line open because you never know who's trying to call you or who needs help. But, man, if you're dorky kids on the line with some chick at night, <laughs> no one can get through. And, and yeah. it's terrifying. Oh, yeah. So I used, I've, to, I've I used to do it. You know? Like, when I left work, I would get on my computer in my apartment all the time and people, you know, I would oh. be getting... People would be trying to reach me, but I'm like, I'm, you know, I was off, you know. Day of my wedding, and this was terrifying. Um, I had some guys, well, actually, at my wedding party, um, you know, everyone was poor at the time. And I just said, hey, just sleep over at my apartment and we'll head to the wedding the next day. Mm -hmm. I had to dial in the apartment, kind of like the old Jerry's apartment. And the guy was on. But it comes through your phone line. That's what the apartment set up. So this dorky friend I had was on some website early in the morning. All we have is dial-up. I literally was waiting outside for an hour because I left my key in the apartment. I couldn't get up any other way. And because he was on dial tone, you know, I was out in the apartment. I was stuck. Oh, it's great. Nice. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. It's funny because, you know, my eight-year-old's mad because I can't get to her show quick enough. And I know, I know it sounds like the old man saying, remember those days, but man, 20 years ago, life was so much different. You know? Yeah. In some ways easier, some ways more difficult. But at least for communications, it's easier. Like, you know, I think about the cell phone. I mean, 
before he had the cell phone, I was out with my brother at Ohio State game, and he got separated. And for a second, I'm like, man, how do I find him? We didn't have cell phones, you know? No, it just it was frightening. Yeah, scary times, I'll tell you. Um, I thought this was interesting, too. Um, you know, Kramer starts dating. The girlfriend moves downtown. And obviously, New York City is a huge, massive place. But, you know, you, you know, the girlfriend moves downtown. Uh, he breaks up with her because, you know, she refuses to move. So he's got to go to the other side of town. And, you know. You mean the nexus of the universe? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, you know, we've both been in New York City. I mean, there's probably there's probably some long distance areas in you know, the town that was kind of scary as long distance. Um, you know, Kramer's getting lost in the Lower East Side. And you know, it was tough because you know, Jerry goes to pick him up and hmm. it wraps the show all together because he spots Cindy. Remember, she was the maid he was sleeping with. Mm-hmm. And he wants to give her money. Well, what happens is, <laughs> um, you know, the police are there and they uh, arrested them for prostitution. And then it was great because Kramer is waiting for Jerry and Cindy's boss talks him into maid job. So, <laughs> oh man, do you know how to? What was it? Do you know how to use a ringer? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Do you want to get in?" Okay. <laughs> Thank goodness it was showtime. I didn't want to see what what who Kramer was sleeping with, you know, with the maid or something. I uh, I have a strong feeling that Kramer's maid job didn't last that long. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure if he, I'm sure he probably ended up sleeping with one of his bo- his bosses. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, Kramer's like that. You know, Kramer always tries to hook up, so it's. Very interesting. So he's free now. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you said, I'm. I, you know, this is one of the last Seinfelds. Because remember, yeah. it, it was right before Puerto Rican Day. I think they went right from Puerto Rican Day right to the right clip to the shows. End. Yeah, clip shows before the finale. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm not going crazy about this episode. I'm probably my top half. Um, I thought the main thing had nothing to do with he was sleeping with her. I, I just thought it wasn't that as captivating a story, but man, you know, George with the nicknames and, you, you know, Lane with the new area code and Kramer getting lost and they had to break up because she's in a different part of town. I didn't mm-hmm. find all three of those. I thought, I thought it was good other than that. Yeah. So the guy from Vulture rated it number 50. So, and he cited um, the little kid calling Elaine. It's yeah. a lane turned to sink to a new horrifying low, which, you know, there's a lot of horrifying lows in this series. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, and I, I would agree. I probably would agree. Although, let me think first one second. Yeah. He's saying probably the best Kruger era episode for George. Um, I don't know. Wasn't who was hey, sorry. Wasn't yeah. Kruger? Wasn't Kruger the place where he gave the people uh, the human fund Christmas gift? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I think that one was better, personally. Hey, I, I love that whole episode. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that Kruger was in it, he was funny. Yeah, I mean, it was up there. I, I would have a hard time saying this is the top Kruger episode of all time. I, I would definitely say that. But you know what? Maybe top 50. 
Sounds right. I don't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't go too much higher than that, but I thought overall it was good. Mm. Um, nah. So you weren't as crazy about it? Not really. It just, I don't know. It didn't really. I mean, when I went, when I was going through, I, like, I think I told you, I went through the list and I don't have it with me today. I left it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I went through the list and I wrote down the, uh, the episodes that I would like to see back, like back to back to back to back to back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As I was going through and um, it, this is definitely not on the list. Okay. You know, it's, I don't know. It just doesn't, Jerry's story is just not that interesting to me. Yeah. There's a couple, a lot of the shows, um, it's a line that will stick out. Um, like in this one with the nexus of the universe thing and Elaine screaming in Kramer and Kramer's ear is just hysterical. And, um, like last, the last week's episode with the, um, which is the one. Oh, buddy, Where, the was that the bike? No, that was the week before. The week before with the bike, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, where Elaine like closed the door and knocked Kramer off the bike, you know? I mean, like to me, that that kind of stuff that isn't in this episode, really. Yeah, know? yeah. It has to have like more, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought overall, yeah, interesting. Interesting it was season nine. It was, yeah. um, you kind of wonder if that influenced how they wrote the show and everything. So, yeah. And next week we got another season nine, the yeah. books, which is, I believe, two episodes before this one okay. in the line of the show. So, this is, uh, see, this next one is season nine, episode 17, the bookstore. Are you pro bookstore? There's moments in it that are funny. Um, Jerry's Jerry's whole line. I haven't seen it in a little while, but Jerry's whole thing with Uncle Leo in this one is hilarious. You know, yeah, this is the one where he's living with the woman, and um, he tells him to break up with her, and then he needs him to go back to wherever so his parents leave. I think right mm-hmm. is that this one, and he. Uh, then he tells him like the exact opposite, and then he turns him in for being a thief. <laughs> any type of uh, any type of Uncle Leo humor is good. I mean, yeah, hey, I, I'm probably about the same. I'm looking forward to kind of regaining into it and checking it out. Um, yeah, I, I love the fact where George is taking books into a bathroom that he yeah. doesn't intend to buy. I mean, yeah, how strange is that? I mean, I, I I'm all for the bookstore on that. You know, you gotta freak out with somebody. If I remember it. right, he tries to donate it to something. Yes. Some I forget which I forget which organization. It's the one with the uh, the lady whose name is Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah. <laughs> and she won't take it because it's been flagged. Like it's been flagged in every system in the world. If only that were the case in you know, in situations in real life. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, you might be able to do that in 2021 technology. I had no idea how they were able to pull it off in the 90s. Yeah. But, man, 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 fun. It, it was good. So, All right, yeah, mm-hmm. so we'll talk about that next week. I want to leave you. Sometimes we, we go off the beaten path in entertainment. Uh, we've been talking about Homeland. I think it was a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I literally, 
I've been in and out of Homeland. Like we, we've talked in the past about how it, 24 was much more effective to me. But I actually stumbled across the last couple episodes on Hulu. The, okay. Did you see the way it ended? Oh, the last season's on Hulu yeah. now? Yeah. No, I haven't seen the but, last season yet. Let me check this just to make sure because I could be mistaken. How many years of Homeland were there? It's either six or seven. Well, I actually was watching eight, so that maybe that was the oh. end. Oh. Hmm. I must have missed a lot. I, I stopped watching after five. All right. Well, let me... Because I was waiting for stuff to drop onto my, you know, low-cost alternatives. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm checking to make sure... Shoot, how do we know how many seasons? Oh, yeah, eight seasons. Yeah. Oh, that was the get all. Very. Can I talk about it or do you think it's dumb? Well, it's actually happened recently, so maybe Mm -hmm. I shouldn't give away the ending. It doesn't bother me. Okay, yeah. If you're watching Homeland, we're going to end the podcast in a minute. So if you're watching Homeland, have a good one. We'll see you next week. I got to talk to you about the end of Homeland. So I, I'm very disappointed with how Homeland was turning out. So, you know, she gets involved with this Russian guy. I'm not sure if she was involved in before, uh, but, you know, there's a war possible in the U.S. and Pakistan. So season eight, they're trying to figure out what to do with that and trying to make it not to too long of a story. But um, sad, a helicopter goes down. So the U.S. president dies in a helicopter wreck along with the, it was either Pakistan or Afghani president. So, you know, everybody's going crazy. The new president of the U.S. is kind of like a Trumpian figure. He's blaming on all the bad people. and He wants to restrict a bunch of stuff. But Saul and Kerry are trying to help out matters. Well, the Russian goes to Kerry and say, we're not giving the flight recorder back because they actually got the flight recorder. That proves that nothing bad happened. It was just an accident. So the guy goes to Kerry and says, Saul has someone working inside Russia. That's the only reason why Saul's been so great over the years. We need to find out who this person is. Well, mm-hmm. it turns out to be a woman. And apparently, the show wraps up by saying, Saul, you know, places highly effective spy inside the Kremlin, and that's how Saul's been getting all these secrets. Well, the guy threatens him and says, hey, we're going to not give you this flight recorder. You're going to go into nuclear war if you don't give up her name. So Saul and Carrie, behind the scenes, they had to give up her name. Well, it's sad to say the woman dies you know, as part of that. Of so what happens is, who's the new spy? Carrie. So the show ends. Carrie just says, I'm not going back to my daughter. They'll have to understand this. Carrie moves to Moscow. I'm not sure if they're married or if they're just girlfriend-boyfriend. He moves in with a Russian spy. So it ends with Carrie slipping Saul's secrets as she's hanging out in, 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 at the Kremlin. Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, there's all these other shows. Wasn't crazy about how Seinfeld ended. Wasn't crazy about how some other shows ended. But to me, that was a nice, satisfying ending for a show I wasn't always excited about in Homeland. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just... I'm not, I'm not cheesy. I'm not clapping at the end of shows, but... I actually saw the end of that. I'm like, whoa. I'm, hmm. I can't always really say that about shows I like. But this was a good ending. I, I, hmm. I was happy. So, hmm. now I'm that not watching that one this summer, no? Yeah. Well, it's, it's weird because I've watched a season here and there. But I think it may have been like season one, two, five, 
seven to eight. I mean, I can't tell oh, okay. you order or anything, yeah. but I don't know. I just stumbled across this, watched a couple of episodes, the guy interesting, and there's some action there. Again, not enough for me. That's my drawback of Homeland, but no, it was good. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Manny Patankin, you, you can't say enough about it. Do you watch Ozark? No, no. Like, like I said, that's a that one was, way too much. That one was, um, it's worth it. It's a good show. I had, I had unbelievable trouble getting into it when it first, you know, when I first found it. I mean, I was later, I was late to the party. You know, I usually am on these kinds of things, but I mean, it took me, I must have watched the first two episodes of the series five times and, and like months apart, you know, Hmm. I kept trying and kept trying. And once I broke through to episode three and got through episode three, all the way through. And it's really, it's a very good show. Is it like a mystery or a... No, well, I mean, it's a it's a drug show. Show wow. about drugs and um, money laundering. And, you know, it's... Um, there's some some level of violence. You might like that. Um, to me, it's interesting. To me, what's in... You know, it's interesting because Jason Bateman is the star. Hmm. And I remember him when he was a little kid, you know. So it's always... It's interesting. He's good. He's really good in the show. Laura Linney plays his wife. Um, and there's people that you would recognize um, from other stuff that okay. pop up. It's good. I, it's I'm worth a, it. I'm a Narcos guy. Hmm? I, I've liked Narcos in the past, so maybe. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I mean it is. Um, do you know who uh, Isai Morales is? No, no. Okay. He's... Um, He's like the the kingpin guy. You you would recognize him if you saw him. I might not be saying his name correctly. It's possible, um, but it's a it has a the first episode is I got through the first episode really easily several times, <laughs> but um, like the second one just kind of slowed and it took me a while. But once I got going, it's worth it. There's a I will tell you right now. There's a lot of profanity. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I got to tell you, well, you gave me a recommendation. So, and for you out there listening, Ozark, uh, where's it on? Like, is it on a uh, Netflix? Netflix, okay. Yeah. And speaking of Jason Bateman, I like Jason Bateman. Uh, what was that sh- movie? Um, can't think of it now. One, Charlie Day. Um, oh, Horrible Bosses. Yeah. Oh, that, definitely yeah. go see that. I, that, love that movie. I love those movies. Yeah. Um, but also, <laughs> Man, in terms of too much entertainment that we don't have enough time to consume it all, I've been checking out lately, and my podcast plate's pretty full, not just the ones I'm doing, but the ones I've listened to. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jason Bateman's got a new podcast. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm liking Art Will Arnett. I'm liking Sean Hayes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very goofy, very silly, very yeah. – um, they cut each other. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Especially when I know the person they're talking to. Some of the people they have on, maybe not a big name actor, I kind of skip past those because I want people I'm familiar with. But man, yeah. if it's anybody I'm familiar with, it's intelligent talk too. Yeah, there's a lot of goofiness, a lot of silliness, but you know, a lot of interesting discussion too. So, 
Yeah. Will Will Arnett's and, amazing. I love him. Let me tell you, if you're look, if you're like desperate for stuff to watch, go to YouTube and look up Will Ar Will Arnett and uh, Jason Bateman and their videos where they like rip on each other. Yeah. Hilarious, the two of them. Just especially Will Arnett against Jason Bateman, because I guess his his big thing is um, they're like really good friends in real life, and his big thing I guess is that every once in a while he'll send Jason Bateman a picture of himself from when he was a kid actor, you know, cause he started acting when he was like seven or eight years old, you know, he's been acting for 40 years, you know, or more cause he's, he's 50 now. And, you know, he sends him all these pictures of himself when he's a little kid and just to pull his chain, you know, and you know, they're, they're both hilarious about the other one. I need to find Will Arnett was on CBS series. I keep getting confused with the Jennifer Aniston Millers movie. Mm -hmm. What was the Jennifer Aniston movie? Meet the Millers or the Millers? Yeah. Or... Mm -hmm. Okay, Meet the Millers. Okay, this must be the Millers. Um, I gotta find it. It's nowhere. There's a couple like one minute clips on YouTube, but Will Arnett was on a short lived CBS sitcom, The Millers. That was all. Oh, that the one with the fantastic. father. Yeah, the father and the mother. I loved that show. Yeah, they got divorced, but they're still living together. Or something. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, our our net was great. Oh, yeah. Know. And our net's very sarcastic, and it's it's. Wonderful. There's a lot of good people on that show, actually. Um, you know, Sean Hayes is on that show, and Margot. Why that show last? Huh? Why that show last? Was I? I came. I think I was working nights at that time. Yeah, I get home, my wife's like, you got to watch this. I'm like, I don't have time to watch it. Yeah, it's I really start watching funny. it, I'm like, oh, what a great show. I, I it was to, uh, October 2013 through the 2015 series season. So it was two years. And note to the streaming service, from Roku Channel to Netflix or whoever, yeah. somebody pick up that show, darn it. I, I even know. Yeah. There's I a lot of good shows out there. I'm gonna have to look at maybe some Paramount because you know Paramount's the CBS. I may subscribe to Paramount just for that show. Does that mm -hmm. that show made me laugh? So, all right. Well, Laura, <laughs> thanks for your time. I'm man. We're getting down a bad path where we could be on here for four hours talking about <laughs> old CBS sitcoms. You like? Yeah. But no, it was good. So, what are we talking about next week on Seinfeld? I got distracted by my wall on that talk. The bookstore. Yes, the bookstore. Season nine, episode seventeen. Right, we gotta find somebody from a bookstore to come and see if they still do that. If they <laughs> flag books, if you take them in the yeah. bathroom, very strange. So. I know right. the should say you shouldn't. So yes, very much. <laughs> All right, as always, Laura, thanks for your time and thanks for checking out Sample. Everyone have a great day. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast, based on the work from our book Hope Interrupted that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.